Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. It is Wednesday, so fortunately it is time for our prayer series that we do on Wednesdays at 5 o'clock Central Time with Dr. Peter Kapsner, and he has joined me today in the studio. Peter, welcome. Thanks, Bill. It's really fun to be in studio. This has just been such a great series and, and it, fun to be across the you know the microphones from yes. here. Yes. Now, let me read a quote by our special guest that we're going to be bringing on in just a minute. Right. She's written a, a book, and this is one of her opening lines in the book. Prayer has been one of my greatest challenges of my Christian life. While I know I'm commanded to pray, encouraged to pray, invited to pray, and often compelled to pray, I have struggled. I still, I have still struggled with prayer. Ugh. We've heard that before. We have, and and it never stops bringing me some measure of solace uh, about my own prayer life. Then you know, right? It's it's one of those things we know we're supposed to do, and and I think we even have intuitions that it really matters on some level. But why it's a struggle is really interesting, especially in how common that struggle is across the various guests that we've had to really enter into a deep and rich life of prayer. And maybe some of it, Bill, is just the idea that when you and I are sitting across microphones like this, I can see you. And there's sort of immediate feedback right back and forth between us. There's a relationship that is visible and in time and space. And I think some of it just has the idea of we have to move away from we're in relationship with ideas with God to actually relationship with God. Mm. And, and and that gets kind of mysterious. It can get wonky at times. People get a little, you know, as we've talked about, it can get a little off the rails. But at the same time, if we throw everything out with the bathwater and say that God is simply a theological idea and not a being within we live and move and have our being, it gets tricky. But what are the reliable pathways with which to engage this God in prayer? I, I just think it's a really interesting thing and probably one of the reasons why so many of us struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Our special guest uh, t- t- tonight, the book is called The Light of His Presence, Prayers to Draw You Near to the Heart of God. Sounds great. And our guest is Anne Graham Lotz. Anne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Bill. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Well, you know, every picture I see of you, you've got this, this these beautiful beaming smile with this beautiful beaming teeth. And I think I discovered you were married to a dentist. <laughs> there you go. That's not fair. I know. Cause I'm over two on those things. So, right? yeah. so thank you for uh, taking time to be with us today. It's really a delight to hear your voice and to have you on the program. Well, I'm glad to, glad to talk with you and glad to talk with you about prayer because I believe if there's one thing that's needed today, it's uh, prayer. Yeah. This is the time to pray. And before we get into, uh, we get much further. I want to say hello to you from uh, Jim Wallace, who was my guest just before this hour. Oh yes! Oh my goodness! Isn't I've he amazing? Several years since I've uh, been with him. Actually, the last time was in Davos. And, oh wow! Uh, for the World Economic Forum. Yeah. It's funny. Peter and I did not get invited to that. Yeah. <laughs> We're a little disappointed here, Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> or Anne. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I, I, I'm that disappointed that I was not in Davos. Exactly. But yeah. And and Jay, he's great. I mean, the, the episode that you had just now, Bill, and tying in to where we're headed here in this life of prayer. That that quote, and that you have at the beginning of your book about the idea that prayer, we really struggle with that. And, and uh, it sounds like that's part of your journey as well, that as much as you've grown up in a household of faith and, and have been uh, fairly public with the faith, that this is still a wrestling match. 
Um, you know, I think it, it is, or it has been, and there are three things that I've struggled with. So I just want to make it clear because I heard um, your lead-in, and I have a, I believe, a very close personal relationship with God. So that's not the issue. He's not a theological concept to me. He's a living mm. person, and he speaks to me through his word. And then I'm to speak to him in prayer. But I've struggled with uh, concentration because when I go to pray, I, it's amazing how then I start to think about what I'm going to wear to tomorrow, what email I've got to send, the kids coming over, you know, and you just get, I don't know why, uh, mm-hmm. well, I do know why, I believe the enemy is, is coming after me, but, and then I struggle with uh, content, just knowing exactly what to, to pray, what to say, and then I've struggled with consistency, just making sure every day I spend time just in a set-aside time with him, and so those three things I've, I've struggled with um, most of my Christian life, but I've, but I've overcome them in, uh, to a great degree, and I've, I've shared that in a little book that um, one of the things that's helped me with consistency and content um, and even concentration is to write my prayers down. And I don't do that every time I pray, or, you know, I wouldn't have time. <laughs> but, but from time to time, I'll, I'll, something's burdening my heart, and I'll write down my prayer. And so these prayers in this book are my personal prayers. And, and it's not, um, you can pray them, and, and they, I think they would work, but they're just, the purpose of them is to launch you into your own prayers. Sort of like the Psalms, you know, David wrote down his prayers, and how many of us for centuries and millennia have used David's prayers to launch us into our own prayers and uh, our Lord's prayers in the New Testament, John 17. And, um, you know, he, we learn to pray Paul's prayers. We Sometimes we learn to pray by by listening or reading somebody else's prayer, and then that helps us pattern our own and helps us know how to pray ourselves. So that's the purpose of this book. So, Anne, when you find yourself um, praying when you feel disappointed or when you feel almost a little desperate, how does it change how you address God? Hmm. Um, I always begin with worship. Okay. And so if I'm disappointed, um, I, I would probably begin by just saying, you know, I worship him as the one from whom all blessings flow, mm-hmm. that, he, that he is a good God, he's a good Father, and and if he's chosen to allow me to go through you know, like I've just um, been on a cancer journey and other things that have happened. And if he allows me to go through something like that, then I know, according to Romans 8.28, that it's for my good and it'll be for his glory. And so I, I have to approach it. At, um, disappointments um, come, of course, and we can get discouraged and sometimes uh, look at the world situation. You could tend to be depressed, but, but I know he's on the throne. So I, I want to begin my prayer with worship and just, um, it changes the perspective of my prayer. So, um, so if I worship him and, and acknowledge that in prayer that he's seated on the throne, he's in control of everything taking place in the universe, in the world, in this nation, in my life, then, um, I know things aren't out of control. You know, there are no accidents. He doesn't, um, I think Ethel Waters was the one that says he sponsors no flops, you know, (laughs) So, um, so I just have to trust him, and it's a prayer um, to build your trust relationship with him, to build your personal relationship with him, and and trust him, uh, whatever he allows to come into your life, you know. And I've been through the the death of my husband and my father and the cancer and some other difficult things. Um, I, I just wouldn't 
list them all. We all have problems, and there are many people listening, I'm sure, who have worse problems and, and worse things thrown at me. But I can tell you this, that that the Lord God, uh, through the person of the Holy Spirit, has never left me. He's never forsaken me. He's been right there. And when I don't have words to pray, Bill, and um, I, I will tell you that the Holy Spirit prays for me, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, it, the Bible tells us that Romans eight uh, twenty six, and then it says also in Hebrews that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. And so, I, so there are times when we can't pray; we don't have words. You know, it's not that we struggle with it; it's just that our pain is so deep, and our grief is so great that we're um, we're wordless. <laughs> but at those times, God understands; He's our Father, and He. You know, then he's provided us the Holy Spirit who lives within us and prays for us, and um, and Jesus prays for us. In fact, that's my, been my little message from the Lord since June. I, I just parked myself in John 17, and the and the thought that Jesus prays for me. You know, when you when you wrap your heart and mind around that, that Jesus is praying for you. And then you go in John 17, and you find out how you know what he's praying for, and um, it's very precious. So. Yeah, and I'd be curious. You, you reference the idea of some of your prayer life too that you will write down your prayers. Are are you writing them down and then praying them back towards God? Are you just is that your form of prayer is to write as you are praying? I'm very compelled by that idea. I haven't heard people that might do something like that. And clearly, as you said, you don't always have time for that. But what does that look like? Do you set aside some time and begin to write your actual prayer down? Yes, I do, and then I write, and then I go back and wordsmith it. You know, I go back and, you know, I, I shouldn't say this, or maybe I should say that. And it's not, it's more of a release. You know, it's helping me with concentration, and um, and it's helping me with content. So it's, I know the Lord hears my prayers when I just cry help, or when I, I talk to Him and I'm as inarticulate as I can be, and I stumble and maybe repeat myself, or um, he, he hears He hears me. But, there, but for myself... To write it down and to to have it organized, um, there's a release that comes. You know, it's, um, can I just say I'm sort of blessed to be able to talk to him and, and write it down in a way that makes sense. And I, I have the four patterns, the the worship, the confession, the thanksgiving, and the intercession. And, and so sometimes, you know, I, um, I think all of us are like this probably, but I can be so superficial that I don't really see the sin in my life. I can see the sin in yours, you know, but the sin in my life is hard to see. And so so when I write it down, I think, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm not I'm not coming clean before the Lord. And um, so it just helps to when, when – and that pattern is not uh, rock hard. I mean, you know, it's not like a – set in cement. It's, it's just a pattern that you hold loosely to make sure, you know, in my prayers there's worship, just worshiping him for who he is, confession of my own sin, uh, thanksgiving for the fact that he's cleansed me, and, uh, and and trying to live a life of praise. And during that this cancer journey, um, I focused on the blessings. And um, if you focus on the diagnosis, the surgery, the all the follow-up treatments, you could just, um, you know, curl up and not want to get out of bed. Mm. <laughs> but when you focus on the blessings, he, every day, he's just poured out his blessings on me. And, um, and so it, you know, so when I, in my prayer, then I want to make sure I'm thanking him for those blessings. Uh, I believe he's somebody, uh, I know, remember when Jesus healed the 10 lepers, um, or, and the only one came back to thank him. He said, oh, where are the other nine? You know, he, he wants 
our thanksgiving. He wants to hear us say thank you. Um, and then one of the things my mother taught me as a, a girl, she had a, had a little notebook, so she had me do this when I was growing up, a little white leather notebook, and I would write in it what my prayers were or my requests, but then she always told me to leave a couple of lines underneath every time I wrote so I could put the date down when it was answered. So I was I was praying, and I was expecting God to answer. And he he does answer prayer. You know, maybe not the way we've asked or when we've asked or how we've asked, but he, God answers prayer. But sometimes we we don't recognize it, or even if he answers, we don't think to stop and thank him for it. So, uh, so I think it's very important to incorporate that in prayer. And then intercession comes at the last. And I'm not a strong interceder. <laughs> uh, I've got some women who pray for me and uh, for my ministry, and they're they're gifted intercessors. And I don't consider myself a gifted intercessor, but uh, but I do pray for people, and I pray for my family, and pray for this discussion that we're having. Actually, yeah, we've been praying about it too. And let me take a short break. Anne Graham Lotz is our guest. Her book is The Light of His Presence, Prayers to Draw You Near to the Heart of God. And Anne has been nice enough to give us three copies of her book. And we're going to have a drawing for the three copies. So if you'd like to get in on that drawing, all you have to do is text the word book. Nothing else. No quotations, no emojis, nothing. Just four <laughs> letters. B-O-O-K. Text that word to 877-933-2484. 877-933-2484. You'll be in on the drawing and might be one of the blessed people to get a copy of Anne's book, The Light of His Presence, Prayers to Draw You Near to the Heart of God. Be right back. So glad to be back with Anne Graham Lotz, and we've got three copies of her book that we can uh, give to some listeners. All you have to do is text the word book to 877-933-2484. And uh, before we went to break, you were very gracious enough to kind of crack that door open that says, I've, I've, I'm going through this cancer thing. And I know there's so many listeners that mm. have got some health concern, health crisis, health emergency on their plate right now. And I don't think anything uh, kind of charges up your prayer life more than the immediate um, health crisis. That's right. And I think that's one reason that God allows us to have health crises or problems or catastrophes. Um, You know, he's a good, good father, but sometimes he needs to get our attention and he uses things um, like that. But I I will tell you this because it really has to do with prayer. When I was first diagnosed, um, it it was a shock because uh, actually I I knew the diagnosis was coming, but it was um, still a surprise because nobody in my family has cancer. Mm. You know, um, my son had a particular cancer when he was young, but it it was. something that was very different and uh and for for this to be diagnosed and i have a big family you know and and uh it's just not been in our family history at all and so when i was first diagnosed i felt that god gave me that verse from james chapter 5 verse 16 that said that pray for one another and you'll be healed and i felt that he was just whispering to me and he speaks to me through his words so i i felt like he was whispering to me and you need to ask people to pray for you if you want to be healed and so i put it out after i told my family um i put it out on social media and i just asked people to pray for me and 
when I uh, had my head shaved bald, I took a picture and posted on social media and had people pray for me. And when I started my chemotherapy and and, and when I had the surgery, all, all I just let people sort of look over my shoulder because I knew they would be praying for me. And I believe in answer to their prayers that I've been healed. And I, I went through all the chemo. I went through all the radiation. And um, but I never had any fear, and I never had. I, I had a huge peace all the way through, and um, and I believed the, the prayers of God's people just swept me through that, like um, sort of being caught up in the river current. And and so I, if your if your goal in life is to be healthy, then cancer can just knock you for a loop. You know, or if your goal in life is to be happy, then. Um, the or divorce or something can just knock you crazy. Or if your your goal in life, so so in other words, um, you know, I think we have to be careful what our goal is. And my goal is to know God today better than I did yesterday, better tomorrow than I do today. And I want my life to bring Him glory. I want, in other words, I want to know Him and to make Him known, so that when people see Ann Lots. They they want to know my Jesus because of what they see of him in my life. And so I can accomplish that, that goal. You know, I can be sitting in a big hospital waiting for chemo. I can be uh, going for other treatments. I can be, um, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I can go through some of the traumas that my children have gone through. And in every situation, you know, God has been there for me. And it doesn't mean I always feel his presence. Can I tell you that? That um, sometimes he... he let me give you an illustration. Moses, when he um, told God, he said, I, I want to see your glory. And God said, all right, I'm going to put you in the cleft of a rock, and I'm going to put my hand over you. And so he he put Moses in a hard place, and he put his hand over him so Moses could feel the Lord's presence. And then God removed his hand, and he passed by. He said, Moses, you can only see my backside. And and it wasn't the Shekinah glory. It was God said it was his goodness, his faithfulness, his mercy, his um, compassion, and that's what passed by, and Moses saw it, the backside, which to me is the, in retrospect. So so God can put us in a hard place. He can put us in the cleft of a rock. We can feel his presence, and all of a sudden he removes his hand, and we feel abandoned. We feel all alone. But as we look back on that experience, then if, if we've got eyes to see, we can see, oh, my goodness, he was right there with me. And he um, gave me this, and he blessed me with that, and he took care of this. And and um, so it's, you know, it's just an amazing um, experience. And for people who are listening who have health issues and they're um, – and, you know, the, the follow-up treatments, cancer wasn't so bad as the follow-up treatments. <laughs> you just wonder if you can survive, you know. Mm. It's just, um, in fact, I wanted to quit. And so so they can make you very sick, very miserable. And um, and all I can say is just persevere and ask the Lord to hold you. And when you can't pray, know the Holy Spirit is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. And, and one day... Bill, we're going to be in heaven, and there are going to be no more tears and no more grief and no more sickness and no more pain, and those old things are going to be wiped away, and everything will be made brand new, and that's going to be heaven. And I'm thinking about the journey through the cancer that you described as people were praying for you, and, and clearly some people have an outcome where uh, they aren't healed. I fully believe God does heal, and, and at times right. he does not, but maybe what we saw in those prayers as well is that you had a peace in the midst of the circumstances, regardless of outcome. Would you say that that's fair, that, that yeah. that's part of what happens when people pray for one another? There's this peace that's going to come regardless. That, that's right, absolutely. And I, I fully understand that some people are not 
healed, uh, even though they have people praying for them and they're um, just as faithful and all that. God's plan for each one of us is different, you mm. know? And so, so, uh, but I go back to the goal. You know, if your goal in life is to, is to get to know him, to bring him glory, you can do that on a deathbed. I've seen that myself, you know, in my family. And so, um, and I know that's hard and it's... Um, you know, something not pleasant maybe to talk about. And we all have families and children and loved ones that we don't want to leave, and we don't want our loved one to leave us. And um, But but death is actually part of life. We're all going to die, which is a, you know, I'm sorry, but <laughs> 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 we are. And I think the important thing is just to know you're ready. When that moment comes, you're ready. And, um, and you've lived your life to the best of your ability um, according to, you know, God's will and that, that your life has counted. It, it has made a difference in the lives of others and um and god is pleased so so it's so uh, the the people who are suffering from and i've got family members friends there's so many friends right now i cannot tell you how many friends whether it's a brain tumor or a rare form of cancer i've had i have a list of people in the back of my prayer journal mm. that this year have been diagnosed with something awful mm. you know and um and and praying for them so i there's just something going on in our world. I think we're living at the very end of the end. I think we're in the very last days, and there's a, a lot of stuff that's coming down the pike. But God is still as faithful today as he was yesterday, as he was in the days of the disciples, as he was in the days of David and Elijah and Moses. And um, he's the same God. You know, he's our God, and we can trust him and depend on him, and he, he will see us through. Yeah, it's so, so encouraging. And... It's hard sometimes to trust when you don't understand, but I don't think God's going to always let us have that understanding until glory. Yeah, that, that's right. You know, and um, it's interesting you say that. I, I wrote a little book entitled Why, mm. and that was the subtitle, mm. Trusting God When You Don't Understand. And it's based on John 11, when um, Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick, and the implied request was, please come heal and make him well. And Jesus stayed where he was for four days, and Lazarus died, you know. And then when Jesus showed up in Bethany, Mary and, well, Martha met him first, and she said, if you'd just been here, he wouldn't have died. You know, you're late. You, you should have answered my prayer the way I prayed. And God said, Martha, if you'll believe, you'll see the glory of God. And his his purpose in that whole chapter 11 was to develop her faith and Mary's faith, and then he knew that he would raise Lazarus from the dead. He still wept at the tomb, so he enters into our grief and our sorrow and our pain. He he truly feels, um, uh, Hebrews says we have a high priest who understands the feelings of our infirmities. He feels our pain, but he knew what was coming, mm. you know, and so we, we just have to trust him. We yeah. just trust him when we don't understand. All right, how fun is this? We have Anne Graham Watts as our special guest in our prayer series, and we're going to take a little break. She's uh, given us three books to give out, so if you want to get in on that drawing, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Again, just the word book, four letters, B-O-O-K, and we'll get you in the drawing, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno, Primetime Drive. 
So nice to be back in our prayer series. We do this Wednesdays at 5 Central Time with Dr. Peter Kapsner, and we're enjoying conversation today with Ann Graham Lotz. She's written a book called The Light of His Presence, and we've got three copies to give out to some lucky three people. All you have to do is text the word book to 877-933-2484. And in your book, you've got um, this wonderful first chapter, which is a prayer for the weary. And with all that's going on in the world and in life right now, there are so many people that are really weary and they're worn out and they're burned out. Maybe you could tell us how God meets us in our times of weariness and struggles and, and how we can encourage uh, others right now. Well, I love the fact that Jesus, you know, if you look in the Gospels, he also grew weary. When he went to meet with a woman at the well in Samaria, he sat down on the well, it was noon, and, you know, he was hot and tired, and the disciples went off to get something to eat, and he was sitting down um, in the, the on the Sea of Galilee. He was, if you remember, he was asleep underneath uh, when the storm broke, and the disciples went and woke him up, and they said, don't you care if we die, you know, but, but he was asleep. <laughs> he, he knows what it's like to be tired and to be weary, and um, and so that's just part of that's who we are. We're, um, if I can put it this way, we're little dust people, you know, and we're frail human flesh. So weariness is is just part of life. And I think one of the things that um, can be difficult is when things come at us from every direction, every level. So it's our health, it's our family, it's our church, it's now COVID, it's our business. It's, uh, you know, there's so many things that are um, in turmoil. And, and that after a while, it just makes your spirit weary. You know, you just get tired. Um, uh, and so for me, uh, I get up in the morning, and I, I'm not a morning person, so I have to make myself wake up, and I, I do my stretches and my floor exercises, and I'm, I've learned how to make myself a, a latte with a triple shot of espresso. Nice. <laughs> Talking my language, Ann. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I, I used to go to the coffee shop, but now I, I make it myself, and I sit down, and that's when I have my time with the Lord. It's like um, it's where I center down. You know, so I, I have several devotional books. I start out always with God's Word, and I want to listen for what He might say to me through it. And, and so it's um, – somebody said it's like setting your compass – so, you know, if you, uh, in fact, I went out hiking one day and got lost in a laurel thicket, and the guy that I was with, he pulled out a compass, and he had already set the needle to point north, so he figured it out, and, and we got out of the laurel thic- thicket, and we got to where we needed to be. And and in the morning, when I have that time with the Lord, it's like setting my spiritual compass. And then no matter which way I turn during the day or what hits me, my my needle, the, the needle of my heart and my, my, my thoughts goes back to the Lord. You know, and so often what he gives me in the morning is just what I need during the day. So he, he can strengthen us on the inside, but it requires, I believe, um, a disciplined consistency in time spent with him. And not just talking to him, but, but also listening to what he has to say, which is reading your Bible. And uh, I, I couldn't make it. I could not have made it through the last five years without that. And um, and there have been days when I've been more up than down and days I've been more down than up. <laughs> but the Lord has carried me through, and if he does that for me, he'll do it for anybody. You know, he, he promises us that when we walk through the valley of the shadow, he'll be with us, and the 
shadow it doesn't have to be just the shadow of death, but just the shadow of discouragement or depression or um, just feeling bad or being overwhelmed with responsibilities and problems. And but he's right there with us. Um, and and uh, so we need to cultivate that awareness of his presence. And for me, I do that first thing in the morning, just centering down on him. And um, and it's become the most precious part of my day. You know, and COVID has been a blessing because I'm not traveling. I'm not having to pack and get on airplanes and run around. You know, I can do, I've, I've never been so busy. I do a lot of work right here, as I know you all do too, on Zoom and videos and audios. And um, But it's, it's allowed me that time in the morning to have an extended time. So many times I, I can have my time with the Lord and I don't have to look at my watch. You know, there's no, not a limit. So if I feel he's speaking to me or if I'm really in a passage that, and it just seems to be rich and I don't want to get out of it, I don't have to. You know, I can just stay there until I sort of finish. And I see in your book, too, that among the different kinds of prayers and invitations that we have, and, and I do love that weary one, it, it feels almost prophetic for this day where there's so many of us that are so weary by the circumstances. I also see a few chapters later, the, the prayer of surrender. I would love to have you talk about that a little bit because that seems so counterintuitive to the kind of people we're, we're sort of growing up or, or, or think that we need to be, that we're capable, that we have what it takes, that, that we are able to meet the challenges of this world. But you're talking about a different invitation here, the prayer of surrender. Yes, and I think what happens is God may let us, through life's experience, um, find out the hard way that we we can't handle it, that we just um, are not able to, that we we come up against something that's um, that's overwhelming, you know, that's that's bigger than we are, and and so often I think the Lord will allow that to bring us to that point of deep surrender, and um, and I'll I'll tell you this, uh, Bill, and I'm. Sorry, Peter, I don't know if I can call you by your first name or not. I've left you oh, yeah, out Peter. of uh, <laughs> Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Yes. But um but anyway, I don't want to ignore you when um I'm talking to you. That's okay with me. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Bill does it all the time. It's fine, yeah. man. <laughs> but I think that surrender, that that's where the blessing the, the blessing begins to just flow when you fully surrender. And uh the enemy, the devil, will try to tell us if you surrender everything then you're going to come up with less than you could get on your own. And and if you surrender everything, God's going to let something come into your life that's bad. You know, he's going to hurt you or send you to Africa as a missionary or you know, <laughs> something. And, and actually, it's when you surrender and you just let the Lord have everything in your life, that's when the fullness of the blessing comes. And there's a peace, and you're no longer trying to struggle against God's will. You're not trying to insist that he do such and such for you or he answer your prayer just the way you're praying and you're angry when he doesn't you're you're you just rest and you're relaxed and um you're no longer giving excuses no longer uh telling him what to do <laughs> you just you're you're silent and you're still and I, I learned that from the apostle john in revelation chapter one if you remember he was on the isle of patmos and he had this incredible vision of jesus and when he did, it said he fell at his feet as though dead. And I've never seen a dead man move, so he was still. Never heard a dead man speak, so he was silent. And I think it was that full surrender that Paul describes in Galatians 2.20, that um, therefore I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And, and when there's that surrender, um, then you just... You, uh, it's like crossing the Jordan and coming into the Promised Land. <laughs> mm. 
you're in the place of blessing. You mm. know, and Jesus said in John 12 that when that grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies and it's crushed, um, then it springs up and bears much. You know, you have a, a head of wheat that has many, many little seedlings on it, and and so when we die to ourselves and surrender everything to the Lord, that's when. You know, he can raise us up to be fruitful, and our lives count. They're meaningful, um, and we're not wasting them, and he's pleased with us. And, you know, what can I say? But I, but it I may come back to the fact that the person who's struggling with surrender needs to um, go all the way back to their relationship with God, that God is a good God, you know. And I think doubting his goodness will keep you from surrender. Hmm. And um, and God is a good God, and He loves everybody who's listening. I can tell you, He loves you. His eyes on you. He wants to draw you close to His heart. He wants to wipe away your tears. He wants to be there when you get that bad news. He wants to walk through that valley with you. I, I know. I, I know. He's done that for me. You know. And so He He's good. And and yes, He lets bad things happen to people that He loves. And we can look at Jesus and see that. You look at the Apostle Paul, and, and we see that. But but he loves us, and the the bad things in my life, I'll look back, uh, Peter and Bill, and this is so interesting, but it's been in those hard, wretched times when I've sensed his presence, known his love and his power in a way that I wouldn't in, when everything is going well, you know, and... So he is. He's been with me when I found my husband unresponsive in the pool. He's with me when I got news about my father. With me when I got the diagnosis. With me every chemo treatment, every radiation treatment. He's been with me difficult things before and since. And um, and it's in those difficulties that I grow. You know, it's um, you get stronger in your faith, and you're. Um, closer to him so we just have to make sure that whatever the difficulty is doesn't come between us Hmm. you know so that the the harder the difficulty is the more it presses us to him the closer we come to his heart but if you let it come between you then uh then you've got a problem so that's where surrender comes in lord you can have my life you can have my children you can have my family you can have my ministry you know you can have whatever whatever he wants to have it's his to take so I just offer myself without reservation. He can help himself to anything. And and I know, I don't know if it's been this way for you at times. I know in my, in wanting to surrender, sometimes I, I feel I'm much more, let, let this cup pass for me, right? The journey towards surrender feels like I'm walking through molasses a lot of times. Is it appropriate to just even pray a prayer to, to help me surrender? It's almost, it's hard to do it ourselves, right? Of course. I, well, I think it's a choice that we make. You know, it's a decision that we make. But of course, you can just tell the Lord, you want the blessings that come with full surrender. You want his pleasure. You you want to to have that sense of peace and relief and, and just tell him. And um, so when you do, don't be surprised if, um, you know, something difficult comes <laughs> or he puts pressure on you in some way or um, or it may not be that. It may be just in prayer. It may be that you'll be listening to your pastor's sermon or, uh, you know, something else, and, and he'll just quicken your heart and you'll just, for, for me, I can tell you my first um when I, I remember really surrendering, my my second child was about, uh, she was a toddler, 
and I was sitting at the kitchen table, and I wanted to read the newspaper and have a cup of coffee to myself. And she kept interrupting me. And, and finally, I went to grab her and say, don't you know I want to sit here and have my coffee and paper? Just don't bother me. And instead, I, I got up, I took her, and I, I got her distracted with toys. But I, I went back. I got on my knees on my kitchen floor and said, God, I'm so sorry. I give you all of my time. I'll just give you my time if, if it's to, to take care of my child, if it's to read a newspaper, it's to have a cup of coffee. It's to, I, I just And I remember distinctly that I died to my desire to spend time the way I wanted. Hmm. And that was a huge um, turning point for me because I have very little time to spend the way I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all his, you know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have accomplished half of, I mean, not, not even a fraction of what I have if I had held on to the time. So I just give him everything, and he's been so good. And then from time to time, he'll give me, he'll give me some time back for myself. You know, I walk around the neighborhood, or a special time with a grandchild, or um, a family dinner, or um, you know, he he knows how to make it up to us. But I think we have to be willing to give him everything. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back, just if you don't mind, the scripture teaches that. You know, all of our days are ordained before we get one of them, and God knows exactly how many days we have. But I just want to say my heart breaks for you that you lost Danny. Oh, mm. Well, you know something? I didn't lose him. I know exactly where he uh, is. Of course. <laughs> and yeah. I plan on seeing him soon. No, no. I, I think Jesus is coming, you know? Yeah, abso- just, absolutely. Yeah. But he's lost from your yes, day-to-day life, of course. Yes, and then yeah. I'm, I'm just uh, troubled a little bit by the trauma of you seeing him and finding him and all that. So. Yeah. I'm just yeah, thinking well, out loud and just letting mm-hmm. you know that I'm very sorry. Uh, well, well, thank you. And I, but I can tell you, the Lord was with me, uh, even um, at that moment. It was horrific. And but but looking back, you know, to look back and you see God's glory. It, for my husband, he went in a very easy way. He had been in very poor health because his uh, he had diabetes. Uh, diabetes uh, adult one, and mm-hmm. so he was on kidney dialysis and he had all sorts of issues. He had lost sight in one eye, he had oh, neuropathy and the rest of it. And and so, um, you know, the way he went uh, was so soft and so gentle. There was no, no marks on his body. He didn't have to go to the hospital and be hooked up and, you know, have all sorts of things. We, we did. I put him on life support because I wasn't sure how long he had been in the pool. But... Um, but three days later, we released him, you know, mm-hmm. and he went on to glory. And so so from his point of view, it was a beautiful way for the Lord to take him. Mm-hmm. And for, for me, it was very horrific. But I had a, you know, the, the police showed up, the EMS showed up, my son-in-law showed up, and um, and I had people there to put their arms around me. I went to the hospital. My children were all there. And, um, and then, um, so, you know, God... God can bless you in the middle of that, and um, and and I know his. I know he was present with me. He gave me peace. I didn't fall apart. Well, initially, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you know, God, uh, God, God is. Uh, I just. How, I don't know. I'm lacking words to yeah. express but how very dear God is at moments like that. Hmm. And you may not sense it at that moment, but you see the backside of his glory. You look back and you think, oh, my goodness, he sent that chaplain to stand there with me when the EMS was working. He sent the sheriff, you know, to come keep people out of the yard who were just gawkers. And he sent my son-in-law to come and just put his arms around me and say, you know, Mimi, it's time to go in the house and and then get dressed to go to the hospital. And... um and he, I just looked back, and he he was so good, and mm. and has been all 
all the difficult times in my life, and I've been through some pretty hard things, and uh, but he's been right there for me. And I know if he's there for me, he's there with anybody who's listening. You just turn to him and, and just say, God, I, I want to know you. I want to draw near to you. Um, I want to be able to talk to you in prayer. And, and to talk in prayer, I know you probably go over this a lot, but, but you don't have to be formal in your prayer. You just talk to him like you would talk to a friend. You know, you just... Just pour out your heart, and mm-hmm. uh, he hears. He'll, he'll, he'll clean it up, you know. <laughs> it doesn't have to be formal at all. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to break, but before I want to leave you with a, a, a quote from another author, Max Lucado, who said, in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. That's where I I may, I am, you may be also. He pledges to take us home. He does not delegate this task. Mm. He may send missionaries to teach you, angels to protect you, teachers to guide you, singers to inspire you, and physicians to heal you, but he sends no one to take you. He reserves (laughs) this job for himself. So Jesus himself came that day at the pool. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Mm. That's a beautiful quote. Thank yes. you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. I've got uh, three copies of Ann's book and the light of his presence. You all, all you have to do to get it on the drawing is text the word book to 877-933-2484. And if you really want to get a copy, you can send Peter and I 50 bucks, right, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> I think that would probably get it done, though. <laughs> that could help. <laughs> yeah, We're joking, of course. Just text the word book to 877-933-2484. Be right back. Dr. Peter Kapsner and I are back with Anne Graham Lotz, our guest today on the prayer series. Her book is called The Light of His Presence. And if you want to be in on that drawing, just text the word book to 877-933-2484. And uh, how many siblings are in your family? Uh, I have two uh, sisters and two brothers. Yeah. And who does the best impression of dad? I don't think anybody tries. (laughs) (laughs) Do, do you have anything that you remember him saying to you that was, you know, eat your peas or you're not getting ice cream or something that was just kind of stuck in your head? <laughs> no, not <laughs> anything like that. Um, my my father was very, uh, at least, and I'll just speak about my relationship with him, very gentle, very affectionate, uh, very interested in anything I was doing. The, the thing that we had in common, we love animals and dogs. He made made sure I always had a dog, you know, and um, and we just shared that love up until um, the day he went home because I, it was so sweet. Um, on his 90th birthday, excuse me, his 90, yeah, 90th birthday, I gave him a, a big ragdoll cat, but the first anniversary that he had without my mother, I gave him a, a big golden retriever, and, um, and, he, and it was just so sweet to be able to give him pets after he'd done that all my life, mm, yeah. you know, so he's just... Um, he he was not because mo- uh, he was gone so much of the time. Mother was the disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. You know, my father came home. He didn't discipline us. Um, well, he got on me a couple of times, but he, he, he. I think both of them agreed that if he did that when he came home, then would always dread him coming home. Mm-hmm. So uh, so he didn't enter into the discipline. So so my conversations with him were warm and loving, and we loved to discuss discuss the scriptures. We'd sit down and. Love to talk about it, um, you know. So, so well, I can't 
think of a something that sticks in my head. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. What was the golden retriever's name? His name was Samson. Nice. <laughs> he was, uh, <laughs> given, uh, actually, was I asked for him. He he was a pet of Gary Quazzo, and uh, Gary was having to. When he went to do, uh, he was then um, an announcer, I think it was for the NFL, yeah. and so he um, had to travel back and forth to Phoenix, and he was tired of boarding the dog, and so I asked him if he would let me have the dog to give to Daddy, and, and he did, and oh, wow. uh, he, he didn't bring it to me. He had his wife bring bring the dog because he, he was crying. He couldn't bear to let, let Samson go, but Daddy shortened the name to Sam, and nice. he was a fabulous dog. Oh, my Daddy just loved that dog. <laughs> and, and just talking about some of the generations, conversation that we're having even right now. And I see in your book, too, uh, that you have a prayer for future generations. We only have a couple minutes left here, but I'm very compelled by that idea. We, You've talked a, a few different times. Our world is in a tough place. I think often about the future. I think about my five kids. I think about the students that I teach. And and just sort of take us into what that means and what you mean by a prayer for future generations as well, because this is a much bigger story than ourselves. Well, you know, the what I was thinking about when I wrote that was my grandchildren. Hmm. In fact, I, I will tell you that the editor um, felt like she wanted a couple more prayers when she she helped put this book together, and that's one that I wrote for the book. Um, I mean, I wrote it for my grandchildren. I, when when she asked me to do some, I said, I can't write a prayer. I have to pray prayers. You know, you can't just sit down and write a prayer. And so I just searched my heart, and that's that's what came to my mind. I want to write down how I want to pray for my grandchildren. I have three granddaughters, and so that that really was my prayer for them. And then we labeled it, you know, a prayer for uh, future generations, just to make it a little bit broader. But but it's um, and the prayers. If you go through this book, you'll notice the footnotes. There are um, scriptures woven through all these prayers, and um, so. So I'm praying God's Word back to Him. It's one of the most powerful ways to pray mm. is when you don't base your faith on what you want, what you hope for, what you think, but you base your faith in prayer on what God has said. And you just latch hold of that promise, you latch hold of what He said, and you um, pray it back to Him, and you just hold Him to His Word. And and He loves to be held to His Word. It's not offensive to Him at all. So, so all through this book, you know, I've, I've just weaved scripture and phrases um, so that I'm praying God's Word back to Him. That's so powerful. I think it's so important to pray His words back because that allows Him to start the conversation, right? Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so we have to be in the Word. Right. You, know, you have to be in the Word to be able to do that. And mm. so that's... Um, but but he honors that, and um, and I, he wants us to be in his word. He has many things that he wants to say to us, especially right now. You know, there are many things, promises and encouragements and uh, comforts and blessings, um, but you have to open your Bible and read. Mm-hmm. And we've uh, we've finished every uh, episode of this prayer series so far, just asking and inviting our guests if they might be willing to, to finish in prayer for the listeners, for, for anything that might come to heart. Would you be willing to, to close us up in prayer here as part of this episode? Yes, of course. So um, you want me to just pray right now? That'd be great, sure. So, Father God, we come to you and we thank you that we can come like this. Oh, I just thank you so much for the blood of Jesus that opens up the way for us to come into that most holy place of your presence. And, Lord, I thank you that through faith in Jesus um, I've been born into your family so that I have the right as a child of God to approach you as my Father. And so I just come now, Father God, and lift up all those who are listening. I especially want to pray for those who are hurting, who are sick, who are lonely, 
who are locked down with COVID, who uh, are separated from family or friends, uh, church. Um, And so, Lord, I'll just ask, please, that you would minister to them, that they would be aware that you're not kept out by COVID. Locked doors and windows don't keep you out, um, that you can be fully present right there with them. So I I pray your your blessing. I pray your grace. I, I pray for Bill and Peter, that you would bless them also in this program, Lord, that you would use it to draw people to yourself through prayer. And thank you for the vehicle of prayer. Thank you for your word where you speak to us. And Lord, I pray that each one listening would make the conscious effort to develop a personal love relationship with you that becomes a heartbeat of their lives. So we just uh, commit this conversation to you asking for your blessing, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ann. One of the things I prayed for was that that Ann would have fun on this interview today. Did my prayer get answered? (laughs) Can I be honest? I I love questions. I love dialogue. And I'm sitting here thinking, I I feel like I might have given you the wrong name for the person that gave Daddy that dog. So I know you can't delete it. um, That's okay. Gary's a good friend, but that's not who gave And I cannot cannot pull up the name of the – but he was an NFL – announcer who uh, gave daddy that dog very and, uh, sweet story it. yeah it. it's yeah. a great story <laughs> <laughs> well and thanks yeah. again for taking the time uh, we so appreciate you and uh our faith radio listening family will be praying for you thank you so much god bless you both thank you thanks so much thanks, and graham lots has been our guest her book is the light of his presence we've got three copies that uh, she is nice enough to give us to pass on to you get in the drawing text the word book to 877-933-2484 and that's what we got for our show today. What a show it's been. Thank you so much. If you missed any of it, you can head to MyFaithRadio.com, go to my show page, and start it from the beginning. Have a great night, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.